0: welcome to technotopia a podcast about a better future i'm john biggs and this week on technotopia we have ruben balling cartoonist and general funny guy this is technotopia technotopia is brought to you by happy fun corp happy fun corp is a design driven technology company in brooklyn new york that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and fortune 500 companies whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy FunCorp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy FunCorp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com. Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. This is going to be one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Ruben Bolling, he's a cartoonist. Uh, I've read you,
1: Ruben, since high school. Is that feasible? I've been doing it a long time. I, I, in presentations, I used to say how long I've been a cartoonist, like the last couple times, <laughs> and I, I get an audible gasp from the audience. I've stopped. <laughs> I've stopped saying that.
0: <laughs> so you do Tom the Dancing Bug, which right. is—I don't even know how to describe it. There's only a few of you guys left in the world, right? So you have a large format cartoon multiple panels each one is on a different topic you have you have recurring things
1: yeah um it's weird because when i sort of started the comic strip i sort of made it up i there was nothing like it Mm -hmm. um but at the same time other people were doing really sort of the exact same thing making up this new style of cartooning uh which was new at the time in the, in the nineties. So we, a lot of us started, you know, we were in alternative newspapers, these alternative weeklies. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, and now, um, some of us are gone. <laughs> some of us have, <laughs> uh, have morphed into some combination of newspaper cartooning and, and web cartooning.
0: Okay. So let's, let's go back to, this is, this is an interesting question that I, I once talked to, um, remember soul coughing the band soul coughing oh yeah so mike Doty was the lead singer of that and he's he's still he's still a, he's still a, he's still a musician but he said that he in in today's day and age if he had started in 2006 he had started soul coughing in 2006 he would not have had the success that he had he came up in just the right time for there to be a mass media there to be mass cds you could actually sell a physical product uh, that sort of thing. You started back in, let's say, 80s, 90s doing this. Would you have the same success uh, now that you had then? And is there some specific uh, secret sauce that happened back then that allowed you to do what you're doing?
1: Uh well, yeah, I think at that time, it was 1990 when I first mm-hmm. started the comic, and uh, there was, I mean, I literally made up this style of comic strip because it was, it's the, it's the dimensions of a, of a piece of copy paper. It's eight and a half by 11, <laughs> and, that, and that's why it's these dimensions. So it's like, another, I didn't, had no marketing plan involved at all, and yet at the exact same time, Again, other people were were starting to do something similar, maybe not for the same reasons in the same format, but it was the the um, the start of the alternative newspaper scene that uh, that really helped. Because you know, I would I started you know in one alternative newspaper in New York, and I would call up uh, you know one in let's say Phoenix. And they might say, "Oh yeah, we're just we just uh, we're expanding, and we just we need a new a new comic." Um, so yeah, the answer is yes. We'll we'll run your comic. So I I built up you know a bunch of comics because as I was I was expanding in this universe of of expanding alternative news weeklies, and I'm sure they're technological. There's there's a technology reason why these things were able to suddenly flourish, whereas they couldn't. I mean I think they were lower. Um, you know, uh, obstacles to entry to the mm-hmm. newspaper industry at that time. So all these things were sort of popping up, and they were youth-oriented. And at the time, I was young, uh, and so yeah, that that was that was um, very fortuitous. I was I happened to be I happened to have invented or developed or made up something that was exactly what they were looking for. <laughs> if I if I started now, I mean, I do would just be a web cartoonist. And there are, uh, you know. Anybody can be a web cartoonist if you've got a a computer and a, uh, and that's it, a connection. Um, So uh, there would be, so, you know, then my, the, the issue would not be getting into newspapers, it would be getting the attention of people, which is what I'm doing, you know, now in addition to that. So it's it's just um, you know, can I how many hits can I get? Can I draw well enough and can I promote myself well enough to get hits on this? So yeah, cartooning is has totally changed. I mean, I couldn't have imagined the stuff the 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 market and that there is for and the and the business model that there is for cartooning when I started mm-hmm. when I started it was my, my style of cartooning was either get into newspapers or that's it. Yeah. It had to be physical.
0: And you and basically I guess it was Tom Tomorrow and who else did this? Nobody else. Really? Well, what's his name? Uh, Matt Groening, too. I don't know where the heck that uh, that guy ended up. You seem Yeah, like,
1: uh, uh, I don't know. He's uh, he's probably uh, he's probably <laughs> picking up picking up papers somewhere. Um, yeah, he well he invented I mean, again, I I made this up, but he really uh, I think I think from to go way back. Jules Pfeiffer sort of in, sure, invented sure. the, the okay. form because he was in the Village Voice and he was sort of doing something very similar to what I'm doing. Mac Groening created the uh, created the the commercial necessity for it because he was really in the news in the, in this alternative newspaper industry. He was he worked for I think it was L.A. Weekly, mm-hmm. um, and so his comic was there and and he was the one who sort of sort of set the standard for if you want to be an alternative Newsweekly, then you got to have his comic in it. Or yeah. something similar and I became the I and Tom tomorrow and Ted Rawl and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Ward Ted. Sutton and Durf at, at various stages became the, the the something else um as as the industry matured so that's interesting so
0: and and I don't expect you to tell us what what androids are going to look like in the future for this There's, don't even worry about that so <laughs> i this is this is a fascinating conversation in itself so it's interesting that you we could feasibly name the total number of alternative cartoonists who are doing what you're doing uh in probably a breath we could it's you said durf you said uh you said uh matt Groening. you said um uh uh, tim uh raw
1: yep yep and that's literary. that's basically it, right? Yeah, I mean, you could. There were some that were in fewer newspapers, but mm-hmm. basically, yeah, that's it. That's uh, there's a, a small group. Lloyd Dangle. I mean, I, I can keep thinking. Sure, and, sure, and, sure, sure. But it, uh,
0: but it just off off the, yes. the 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 guys that I would the guys that I'm I'm out of the I'm out of the scene to the a degree. Name players for sure. The name players that you could that you could name to me that would be that have name recognition simply because I grew up in an era of alternative newsweeklies, and I think I think that's a fascinating concept: the idea that there was a certain amount of technology that allowed. Some dude (laughs) liked to smoke a lot of pot to start an alternative weekly in, I don't know, Boulder or Madison, Wisconsin, and turn it into the onion, right? So we're in a, so we we, we were just on that, we're on that strange cusp right back then of mass media that was cheap enough to give away, which is a really, which is a really important uh, thing because newspapers weren't given away up to
1: that point, right? That's right. Yeah, these were free weeklies. Mm-hmm. Uh almost all, you know, Village Voice charged uh up to a point, but yeah, that's that's right. It was it was super cheap. They had really small staffs. Uh they had some kind of new layout program where they could sure, lay out a newspaper yeah. uh easily. I didn't, never was never involved in that. I would just go into the office and hand in my comic in the beginning.
0: No, so oh, that's in so yeah. So they that was they basically had PageMaker right then. Or uh, yep. no wait, no no, we're not PageMaker. Um uh, oh gosh uh oh uh quark quark express
1: that sounds more right yeah that's there, right that's like right
0: that. quark express was the one everybody loved it and you could lay things out fascinating so that, so you so you're you're at a technological you're at a technological uh, i guess inflection point because yeah you're just at the you're just at the at the cusp of desktop print publishing printing and then,
1: right through, through no plan of my own, I just <laughs> no uh, own. what I was what I wanted to do had could not be in daily newspapers. Although it ended up being in a in a bunch, I mean, it just was because they needed to compete with alternative weekly. Sure. but yeah, when I started, it saw this, and then there was this technology that allowed newspapers to say, "You're, you're exactly what we're looking for." Um, one of the few times in my life in the right place at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's move
0: forward now so we've so we've we've established that that you got extremely lucky and you're still lucky because if you're going through hell keep going so you're basically you're still doing you're still doing the comic what does this sort of art form what is this sort of humor uh where does it have a place on the web when there's so much quote-unquote humor there's so much commentary
1: yeah, that was that was the real tough thing because just when I sort of built up this career and I had all these newspapers, mm-hmm. um, with alternative newspapers, they, everything just totally changed. Uh, the rug was pulled out from under me. With you know, as the web became more important, and I could see it coming. And I was an early, I was on the web early because I was in um, a magazine called Salon.com. Absolutely, yeah which was really one of the first, um, you know, sort of real magazines on the web. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, all right, my web strategy is that I'm, I'm on salon. And that was not a good web strategy <laughs> <laughs> considering that, uh, you know, that everything was going to become the web. So, uh, so eventually, you know, I big, these alternative papers started going out of business mostly and, and or cutting comics cause they were the first in the firing line. Um, and so, you know, all of our – me and Tom Tomorrow and Matt Groening and everybody, we we all saw our client list just demolished uh, because of the web. And the web I – th- I think the, the main way the web stole revenue was – or took revenue was from classifieds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Craigslist just wiped out this huge revenue source for – alternative weeklies but, but that, that's so strange
0: to me because because the only reason I, I would assume the most most people read the alt weeklies is basically to figure out what band is playing and then also to read that page with like you right. and like bill Brezhnev, the like the, the the real astrology dude right who, who who's always oddly right about it <laughs> <Really? laughs> i never noticed that oh yeah it's it's uh, always straight dope yeah, yeah. Uh, straight uh, dope
1: An advice there was an advice column yeah so yeah, those were sort of window dressing around, you know, this the classifieds. And, uh, I think that's the
0: chocolate center of the whole sex thing. Sex ads. That, yeah, was, that right. was the chocolate center of the whole operation.
1: Um, but, yeah, I mean, even finding out where bands are, no one needs to look at a newspaper anymore to find out what's going on this weekend. Um, it's all for free on the web, or these were free too, but it's just all mm-hmm. ubiquitous. It's just everywhere. And, of course, the whole syndication model just broke down because it was that's based on geographic exclusivity mm-hmm. so i would sell my comic to the alternative paper in phoenix and san francisco and miami and new york and all these new um these cities and that and then suddenly people are starting to realize wait a minute it's on the web it's everywhere we don't what, what are we paying for there we're getting we're getting this comic uh and uh and everyone's already seen it it's been on the web worldwide mm-hmm. um there's no exclusivity so that that really broke things down too. So I spent I spent a, a few years in the in the weeds um, trying to figure out like like panicking like mm-hmm. oh my god what's happening uh, everything's falling apart. It took me a while to figure it out.
0: So so what's the answer?
1: Well, I I ended up with um, more than one web client uh, that helps. Uh web clients pay like a good newspaper, but you know, you needed a lot of good newspapers. But basically I offer um temporal exclusivity instead of geographic. So Boing Boing gets the comic first on Wednesday. Yep. Uh and then Daily Coast gets it on Thursday, and then Go Comics gets it on Friday, and then I've had various outlets for Monday. Uh, so you sort of stagger the release and each one pays less and less. But then the big thing was even before Wednesday, when it first premieres on the web, I started a, uh, the inner hive yep. service, which just say that, that was it. The day I started that, it let's the comic strip. I mean, instantly, I, I didn't know what would happen with it. And day one, I, uh, it was, it instantly became my biggest single source of revenue for the comic, um, that I'd ever had. Uh, so I needed lots of sources, but this was on the f- day that I launched it, it was, the became the biggest, uh, the biggest source. So does, that's, does,
0: that's it. Does that take you out of poverty or does that put you well within the, the middle, middle class, uh, middle class? Well, the overall
1: happiness. picture is there's other stuff aside from, from comics. So there's, uh, so I do, I do other stuff. <laughs> so you know the comic is, is once a week and I, and, you know, in addition to, I have a, I have a series of kids books and, and, um, sure. And and, and I do other stuff. So the comic was never going to be the whole thing, but, but the comic was not going to be viable unless I figured out it wasn't going to be worth my time to do it. It wasn't going to be a paying job. Um, if I didn't figure it out and, uh, and now it's, it's, it's doing better than ever, even in the heyday of, of mm-hmm. the Alternative wow. Weeklies, because, mostly because of the Inner Hive, which has been just fantastic because it's fun. I send out the comic. People have a direct relationship with my readers instead of being filtered through newspapers, editors, and advertisers. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's I'm in the best place I've ever been.
0: Did I, I, think I, f- I feel like I wrote about the Inner Hive. I, that, that's, that's how I got in touch with you.
1: Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's, uh, you know, I get emails back from people when I send it in and i it's just, a, it just makes the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, more fun.
0: Okay. So, so, but, so we're going, we're going back to the question, the original question about, um, Mike Doty and, and finding his fans. So is this your, were you able to do that because you had a certain group of fans who have known you since the nineties?
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's why, I mean, you have a certain number of fans You have a certain number of fans that are very motivated, um, which was really what helped me, you know, not just casual fans, but people who really wanted to, whatever Tom Dancing Bug was doing, they wanted to be part of it. Um, And that's why, you know, day one, it, it just, it just worked. But, yeah, I had built that up over time. And I think it would be. Well, harder or maybe maybe easier, maybe uh, you know, to do it to build up that fan base today. I mean, there's tons of web cartoonists who who do that and have uh, huge uh, fan bases and very motivated fan bases. Who mm-hmm. so um, who are who have just started relatively recently, relative to me, and uh, and uh, you know are are. Um, are hugely hugely popular, so it could happen fast. I I don't know if my comic is good enough to to catch on that fast <laughs> on the web. I think it was more at a, I had to build it up in, in different ways. It's I don't know if I can make it make it an overnight sensation.
0: Yeah, you've got somebody like the oatmeal who can raise millions of dollars for a Tesla museum, which is pretty right. Cool.
1: Right. I'm thinking of him. Yeah, that's that's it's amazing.
0: But then again, again, that's the only guy I think of. Right. It's the I can't think of any other.
1: I think there are others. There's I There's oh,
0: so. Toothpaste Toothpaste, the toothpaste guy running with toothpaste or whatever.
1: Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, yeah I don't. Like, I don't follow it. I, I know, know uh, right? Saturday morning cereal um, uh, is uh, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's doing. I think he's doing great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there are there are a bunch who do that. I don't I don't follow it that that closely. But um, people are people are doing it and people are getting, you know, sufficient traction. But. You know, I did it through a, a gatekeeper mechanism. I had to convince an editor here, an editor mm-hmm. there, and then build up my fame. And then, you know, and then Salon and then Boing Boing and all this stuff. And then I was able to to, to launch this subscription service. I would think it would just be really hard. And these guys are really good to be able to do that to just from scratch from, on the web, just purely directly with readers. So so as
0: opposed to be predicting the future, in, why don't you give advice for the future? What what sort of what sort of things should a should a young cartoonist do now to to find some success i think we've i think we've gone over this a little bit but i think maybe there's a few specific things we could talk about
1: yeah i don't know you know I, when people ask about this i yeah, I, know, always, right? I always cringe because i i once was giving a uh, a panel with a couple of other guys about uh, cartooning and it was it was right about when i was going in this in the weeds and i didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on and I said, we were just, it was such a negative panel. There were, you know, all these, this audience was listening and I was saying, you know, everyone was saying, well, it's its just, it's so much worse than when we started. It's almost impossible to get started. Um, and then afterwards I saw online, someone was complaining about me and the others saying, look at these guys, they made it and they, and, and mm-hmm. they say there's no room for anyone else. And, um, <laughs> and I realized, you know, I was wrong. Yeah, I was too negative because the truth is, if if someone should have said that to me when I was starting, and it wouldn't have mattered a bit, I would have kept going, and I would have. And and there are anybody in that, in that audience who could be dissuaded wasn't gonna wasn't gonna make it anyway. Um, most of the people who are gonna make it would listen to me say, "Yeah, it's impossible now. It's so hard," and say, "Oh, oh well, I'm still going for it." Uh, so the whole key is to just keep going against all odds. Keep doing um, it.
0: So so would so what's the recommendation here? Or is the recommendation what would you say? give up now in hopes that the person (laughs) says i'm not going to give up
1: (laughs) uh no ignore ignore if 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 it's meant to be and i listen everybody all my friends who are in this and probably everyone who's in you know writing and comedy and and almost everything they say uh you know uh nothing would have stopped me from trying nothing anyone could say you know we're we're in this this weird um bizarre uh universe of, of, uh, comic strips when me and these friends like, like Durf. And, uh, there's, there's not, aside from Mac reigning, there's not this great path to <laughs> untold wealth and success. And yet, you know, nothing, we all say nothing was going to stop us from doing this and trying and doing it, you know, for no money for a long time until we, until we saw where we were going. Um, so, yeah, I would say if if you're if if you have that level of dedication, then um, you know, fasten your safety belt and, <laughs> and get and get on it. Don't let some um,
0: crotchety old. Uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: don't let don't let some jerk who's yeah it's, it's dissuade you because you're gonna you're gonna do it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know specifically. You know, just doing putting your stuff on the web, and then once you're talking about it being on the web, there's all kinds of stuff. Now there's, I started Inner Hive, I believe, before Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there are a lot of, um, mechanisms to get stuff out. You know, I, I only started the inner hive because I discovered MailChimp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that's, they'll do most of the work for me. Cause I thought about doing this on my own and maintaining the the list and all doing all that. And, I uh, sounded like a, you know, then subscription list and who's paid up and who's not. And I said, there's, oh man, mm-hmm. I can't do that. So yeah, MailChimp at the start did all that for me. That's the only reason I did it. So yeah, there's a lot of things out there to to help you. And, um and there are a lot of people doing this there's a ton of uh, web, web cartoonists, yeah. with, you know, varying degrees of success, however you want to define it.
0: Yeah. Is, is there, is there a future in art?
1: That now there's the there's the big the big question I was dreading, I mean any any big question I sure. was dreading. <laughs> All these <laughs> small, small questions you've asked, i, really I want We are we're, we're, we're one like, minutes he in. When's going to ask about the future and some some pronouncement I'm supposed to make? You, know, you know, don't you don't there, have to
0: make any pronouncement. I mean, is, so you can even do it. You can you can say from any from any standpoint. We're 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 on yeah. the when this when this goes live, I believe we're already going to know who our president is. Uh, given the current uh, given the current Climate online and all that other good stuff. Is there a future in art? That's the question, I guess.
1: The the answer is, of course, yeah. yes. There will always be art, um, and the commercial and business aspects of it will change dramatically, in one way or another. You know, there will always be poetry, whatever whatever that market is, and you know, and comics and movies and. And music, the the means of distributing it and the way you get paid for it and how much you get paid for it, I guess, has all changed over the last 50 years. I mean, everything has changed and I guess it will continue to change. But, you know, like th- the people in the audience that when I was, you know, the crotchety old man, the, it, it won't matter because people are going to uh, make this no matter what, Um and the, the financial chips and the commercial chips and the business chips will follow where they may. Um, but yeah, there will be a future of art as long as um, as long as Trump doesn't uh, criminalize it, uh, prosecute <laughs> prosecute, <laughs> prosecute art people who uh, <laughs> try to make art that's uh, that's critical of of our of our glorious leader. Um, there will it'll always be with us yeah, right. there's my pronouncement i've Perfect. said it, i'm on the record art will always be
0: with us ruben thank you for joining me on this this is a this has been a real treat and i hope uh i think we had i think we had a i think we had a far-reaching discussion we didn't even have to talk about technology because because this is this is far more important than technology i think to a to a massive degree it's comics comics <laughs> All Right.
1: John, so, it was great talking with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. So this
0: has been Technotopia. I'm John Biggs, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. I swallowed a I swallowed a fly on my run today. So hold on. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well there's like a place right by uh right by the um we have a we have a wastewater plant down by down by the owl's head. Mm. Like down here in Bay Ridge. And there's a running path that goes right along the wastewater plant. And there are these tiny, tiny little flies. Oh man. So I went through like this cloud of flies, <coughs> and every every two runs I'll hit one and it'll go right down my windpipe. And you're just sucking, <coughs> sucking in and it goes, oh man, well, yeah. it's good.
1: It's good protein it's good as protein. you, yeah, as but you that, run.
0: But, that's, but it's, it's inhaled protein. I don't know if that works that way. I don't
1: know if your body can ingest that that way. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Maybe in the future. <laughs> <laughs>